Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to a very special episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we usually take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. But today on the show, it is Oscar weekend, and the 92nd Academy Awards are coming up on Sunday, and it is time for us to take a look at what is nominated, make our predictions, talk about what we hope happens, and of course, also talk a little bit about what we think should have been nominated. Joining me, just as he did last year, is a major fan of the Academy Awards, my friend, filmmaker Chris Cranock. He hates these things, but we had a great conversation, as we always do whenever he's on the show. Uh, but we had a really great conversation about the awards and about the state of uh, movies right now, and it, it's it's a, it's a great talk. So we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, before we do, I want to remind you, as always, to please make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on all of the social medias at PiecingPod. And, of course, join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where there are plenty of conversations always going on about things like the Oscars and all of these movies that got nominated. There's entirely way too many Joker uh, conversations happening in that group at any given time, but it's a really fun place, and I... Hope you all join us there. Uh, I also want to remind you, before we get into this conversation, Bird Road, my other podcast, has a live show coming up in just a little over a week on February 17th. That's a Monday at 7 p.m. at the Golden Tiki, frequent sponsor of Piecing It Together, the Golden Tiki. Uh, It's here in Las Vegas, of course. So you should go. There's more info on uh, how to get tickets and all that. It's free, but you know, you got to get your ticket uh, over on the website. So check out birdroadpodcast.com or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And I hope to see you there. (laughs) Save it for the, save it for the. Yeah, this is gold. Let's do this. (laughs) So uh, with us today, we've got our buddy Chris Cranock to talk about one of his favorite topics, the Academy Awards. How's it going, Chris? It's going oh, well. I'm getting the stink <laughs> eye right now. No, yeah. for all the yeah, no, it's I like talking about it. It's like <laughs> I imagine it's like what a drug addiction is like. Mm-hmm. In, your, in your moments of clarity, you're like that. I don't want anything to do with it. And sure. Then, you, then I find myself watching it, yeah. listening to the nominees, caring about it. Yeah, because so. it feels good. Yeah. 
Right. It's like <laughs> cotton candy for blood. Yeah. So uh, this year, the 92nd Academy Awards. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for joining me again. You were, of course, the guest on last year's Oscars predictions. This is going to be a new thing, yeah, whether you like, you like it or not. <laughs> you like doing this to me. Yes, I you, do. You know that I have conflicted feelings about the Academy Awards, so you always yeah. make sure I'm the host. No, I well, want to see you squirm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you having me back. It's good to be back. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so like last year, uh, you know, this will be a fairly long conversation, so you know, I do want to kind of dive right in, but I do want to, for people who weren't with us last year, remind them that we're not going to hit every category just for the sake of time. Uh, we narrow this down to most of the big ones, a few of the below the line ones. And, uh, you know, overall, we're going to go through everything, make our prediction, uh, what we think should win out of the nominees, and then throw in an extra one that we personally think should have been nominated. Uh, before we jump into our first category, which will be original score, do you have any thoughts just kind of overall about this year's Oscars, like where it's at or anything? Well, as, per usual, I mm-hmm. feel like the Oscars is a little off the pulse. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's a lot of disappointments this year. I think a lot of people were really shocked by what wasn't nominated. Sure. I was personally shocked by what was nominated mm-hmm. 11 times. Um, <laughs> so there's a couple of weird things like that. I think, you know, like, I, I mean, I make jokes, but I do really do have conflicted feelings about the Oscars because, uh, in a lot of ways it's the movies with the most money that sure. get, that get there. So yeah. I feel like there's a, and I don't think making films should be about getting gold statues. So there's all kinds of like sure. integrity things, but at the same time, it's a celebration of the industry that I love and it's a tradition within the industry and it does feel good and it, there's a warm and fuzzy quality about it. So I understand everyone's fascination with it, but it's a weird year. And it's also with this whole undertone. I, like I said, I was telling you before we started recording, I saw an article that said that it was full of white supremacists, yeah, the Academy, yeah. which is not true, but hilarious. Right. <laughs> and uh, absolutely insane. And, and I kind of get, I mean, no one's being represented as much as you think that they would be, but... Yeah. And then we have Stephen King thrown in the mix, right? He was just like, I don't know. That's a whole interesting topic. That's oh, another podcast entirely. Totally, yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting year. Uh the the Academy Awards is every bit uh, corrupt and evil as it's always been, mm-hmm. and beautiful and 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 fantastic also. So I oh, that's, that's a really how, nice way to put it, right? I, I like that exactly. So that's how I feel about it, and I'm ready to jump in. All right, let's go with original score. Uh, what do you think will win? What is your pick, and what do you think should have been nominated? All right, so what I think's gonna win is Joker. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, political momentum behind it. I think it deserves it, and also I think the score is really good. Yeah, I'm happy that there was um, some some uh, female craftsmanship represented this yeah. year. Rare, and rare. And that's awesome. Yeah, super rare and really exciting. Uh, and I think it's in one of the. It's like the few categories that I would be fine with that really winning. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so yeah, I'm. I feel pretty sure that's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Also, it has what has a track record. One of the Golden Globes. Yes, a couple did. of things, right? So yeah, I think that has the political mo- momentum to do it. Um, I think I would like Little Women to win. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was a, a beautiful score. And I I wish Last Black Man in San Francisco was nominated because I really think it was a stunning score. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm right with you there on Will Win. I think Joker, I think this is definitely one of the categories it's going to take. I, I think it's going to take more than people are really expecting. It, it might take the whole show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah, because uh, it's important. Yeah. I air quoted that everyone who listening it, at home. 
it's it's you know it's it, not it's not important yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh it actually is my pick as well uh because i do think it's a great score and i i, I love alexander despot's work in little women yeah. but but uh i i would definitely go with joker above it though um and above any of these other ones, really. Although Thomas Newman's also really great this year. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them are, really. I uh, but I completely agree with your should have been. That's my pick as well. Last Black Man in San Francisco. That score uh, is actually one of my favorites of this decade. If you guys listen to our uh, Top 10 Scores episode, um, just a fantastic score. And Beautiful. So good, and I can't believe it was overlooked. Yeah, well, thematically relevant. I mean, that's the thing. I met, and that's where it gets into like not to be repetitive or to be too curmudgeonly about this, mm-hmm. but it is. It's troublesome that movies without the really big financial backing, you know, in a sense, you have to kind of buy your nominations. Yeah. How that works is that you have to campaign. Yeah. And, that, and that's really you don't like pay some guy in a dark alleyway. Like I don't want to create that you know, nonsense. Yeah. But basically you have to campaign and you have to send out screeners and you have to send out, you know, copies of the scores and you have to get, you know, and the, the voting, the people who vote, if they don't see it, they don't vote. Yeah. And uh, over, it's not really fresh in their memory. It's not going to, not going to go. So that's kind of how people buy their awards. So I feel like last black man is something I'm going to mention quite a bit. I yeah, think in this, I'm sure, but it's just, but it's also one of those films you walk out of the theater and you just know it's not going to get the recognition that it should. Exactly. You know, exactly. so I'm not like surprised, you know, I'm not surprised it was overlooked. It wasn't even overlooked. It yeah. just wasn't even a contender, you yeah. know, but it's just, if it was merit alone, then yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Cause it is a, what a thematically appropriate score. Oh, I mean, perfect. evocative of the, deeper story it takes you back narrative. every time you listen oh. to that it just right back into those characters and yeah. that, that story i listened to it on repeat since seeing the film yeah i really personally loved it quite a bit and Fantastic. i agree with you that the joker score is excellent also yeah. i really think that was probably one of my favorite uh, aspects of it mm-hmm. the, i think it was it was a uniquely good score for sure So i'd be very ha- very content with it winning all right so let's go to cinematography what do you got all right so this one's a little bit of an interesting thing so I have two, but I'm just going to say that my pick technically is 1917. Okay. But let's hold off for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of got this. You know, I think 1917 is going to win. Okay. Okay. I'm So they're out of order. I'm sorry. Okay. They're going to win. 1917 is going to win. Sure. Okay. Uh, Deacon's on fire. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's yeah. impossible. It's going he, he to win. He better win. Yeah. There's basically. no way. Now, what I would pick is also 1917. It's kind mm-hmm. of what I was getting started with. But I'm just, just going to put that aside for a second. Okay. And I'm just going to pretend that 1917 do- doesn't exist for a second because I want to talk about The Lighthouse. Okay. <laughs> From- <laughs> so I wanted, I, if 1917 wasn't in the running, I would say uh, The Lighthouse because it's actually really cool. And I won't go off because I know we have a lot of stuff to cover, so I won't go off too much. But it's worth talking about the cinematography because it's actually kind of fascinating. Sure. So they were they were shot on black and white film, mm-hmm. and they used antiquated equipment yes. to, to do this. And one of the most interesting facts, in my, in my opinion, is that because of to get the exposure on this film stock, this this unique black and white film stock using this equipment, they had to light the set like ten times brighter, sometimes yeah. twenty times brighter than the average film set. So you had you know, the crew wearing sunglasses while the actors had to perform with like blinding lights blasting in their face. And a lot of the film is also using practicals, practical lights, uh, which are lights that are essentially props within the frame. Sure. So you have like candles or small lanterns and things that are sitting on the table that just look like they're casting a normal amount of light, but they're like blinding Willem Dafoe. Yeah. (laughs) Who's also then giving like a, like a three page long, you know, like pirate speech. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really fascinating. And then also, too, uh, something really fascinating that they did, something really cool, is they used the, this kind of like red filter 
which is, was going to suck out all red uh, in the imagery. Of course, it's still shot on monochrome, black and white. Mm-hmm. But using this filter in combination with the black and white film, of course, you cancel out reds. There wouldn't be any anyway. But what it does is it kind of saturates the image itself. And mm-hmm. that's why the textures of the skin and the cracks in their faces uh, and their yeah. freckles popping out. Have you ever taken a photo that, and like, like you have, you just discover you have freckles? Like, right. you're like, whoa, that's weird. I never <laughs> saw that before. This was basically a purposeful design to make the faces even even more weather beaten. Right, the weathering of it all. In the, in the hair and to bring out kind of like these bizarre eye, their pupils have a different hue to them, uh, which of course then reflects differently in, in the monochrome. So yeah, one of the reasons why the film is so tactile and so textural is because they used this special filter and that drained the red that you would have seen in color out and brought out all that all those pores. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really fascinating. So it's a great film from a cinematography standpoint. It would easily be my pick. I think it's amazing a little movie like that was nominated. They must have put some real some real marketing dollars behind it to get that nomination. It deserves it. But nineteen seventeen is gonna definitely win and also should. So Absolutely. There you go. Oh and I would say a hidden life would be my wish. Okay. I which I still haven't gotten to see. Oh, I wanted to see that. God. Yeah. So I know I was rambling. Sorry, everybody. The super quick hidden life. I'm really into Malick's style of just sure. like shoot everything and figure out a movie later. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and that I mean, that's not how I would ever work, but I think he's a really unique film director with a very unique vision. Mm. It obviously works for him. He makes you know when he's not doing self parody that are like in, you know hardly watchable. He's also making masterpieces. So yeah. go figure. And yeah, Hidden Life is one of the most jaw-droppingly beautiful films yeah. uh, that's communicated predominantly visually. Yeah. So it's a certain, I would wish that was nominated. If not yeah. winning. Awesome. 1917 should win. Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, will win, of course, 1917 I have as well. Uh, my pick, The Lighthouse. And I everything you were saying there, I mean, that was actually pretty fascinating. That would, that would make a nice The Lighthouse-style monologue for you to just be just <laughs> right? spouting that out right there. That was that was some wonderful research. I, I, I try not to ramble too long. I, I enjoyed I it. Like, this is, is David even on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed goes? it. No, uh, thank you. And uh, I hope everyone else enjoys it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I read endlessly about you know most films that i see to learn how they were made sure. and crafted and especially in the lighthouse you know there's a, it was you can tell while watching it that there was like really fascinating work being done yeah. you know what i mean and, and so yeah i kind of went crazy off the deep end and read everything i could about it and it's really and how they made it was was incredible which is so funny because the movie itself is such a farce it's such a lark right right like it's not a particularly great film right. i mean it's great in its own way. It's great in its own way, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It was a, it was a fun, wonderful, bizarre movie, and you know, I'm happy it exists. And yeah, it was, you know, for what it is, it's superb. But then to think about how much effort and money went into this movie that was like ultimately silly mm-hmm. is kind of amazing. I love that. Like Willem Dafoe was like in like northern Canada, freezing, eating dirt <laughs> yeah. just for a silly little movie <laughs> <laughs> with like them like banging dolphins and stuff, or uh, not oh, dolphins, but mermaids. I, yeah, I love it so, so great. So there you go. All right. Well, I, and my um, my one that I wish had been nominated is uh, Midsummer. Uh, which I think has just a really cool, fantastic, memorable look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, some really cool shots throughout, and uh, it's just it's just kind of almost iconic. Like for 2019, it's like it's it's something that I think that we're going to be looking back at a lot as we uh, move forward. It, it's got just a real like a style to it that the way that it's shot that just really kind of stands alone uh, amongst a lot of stuff. And especially for being a horror movie to be such a bright horror movie like that, you know? Yeah, it was definitely unique. I think visually 
it was where that film was most successful for me. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I think I might have mentioned this before on a previous podcast, but basically, you know, it's horror movies are really hard to end. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, and that film, I think, kind of lost its way for me personally. But there's right. so much to admire about the movie as well. It wasn't a bad film. Sure. It just didn't like really move me. Or well, it didn't end up being one of my favorites of the year. Mm. But visually, it was a spectacular experience. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, just, and the boldness of doing a film in daylight like that is not necessarily brand new, but definitely unique. Unique, And for setting, sure. it, setting itself apart from the other films in its genre. Absolutely. For sure. All right, let's get into the two screenplay awards. Let's start with original. Uh, what do you got for original screenplay? So this is another kind of uh, thing. I mean, so the one that's going to win, I think I picked two because I couldn't decide. It's either going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or it's going to be Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. I think Marriage Story might actually upset Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just because it's like he's wanted a bunch and I think there might be, I think there's enough momentum for Marriage Story to squeak by. Right. It kind of will, it kind of will be like an upset, I think. So it's either one of those two that's going to actually win. Um, I don't think either of them necessarily should win. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that will win out of the nominees might actually be Parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I, that's the one I want to win. Out that's of, the one you out want of, to yeah, win. That's the one I, I want to win. And also, I'm very conflicted because Parasite was another good film, but also wasn't something to me that was as good as everyone thinks it or right. said it was. Right. I, well, why I chose it as the one I'd like to win is I think it would be kind of revolutionary for a film like that to win in a major category. Sure. But also because in terms of the film itself, despite not quite getting there for me 100% of the way, the turns were pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by a lot. Yeah. And I think structurally it was really well crafted. Yeah. So I think from a screenplay standpoint, if you're going to really judge it as a finished film and how like the resonance of the film, I think maybe it suffers a bit. But in terms of the written page, uh, it was well crafted and well executed and 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 very astutely written. Sure. So yeah, I, I'd say that. And then a move the movie I wish was nominated, Last Black Man. Mm-hmm. That to me was a passion project. There was a real spark of originality. It was beautiful. It was funny. It it was ambitious. It was all over the place. You yeah. Know what I mean, and if it didn't have the makings of best picture material, I think it definitely had. Um, a very intelligent and well-crafted screenplay, especially for such young kind of like starting out filmmakers. I love that pick. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that, uh, you know, in a perfect world squeaking in there because it, it yeah, it's a beautiful screenplay. Um, so I, I think uh, what will win is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, but I completely agree, though. Marriage Story is right behind it. It's it like it could, it could just squeak in. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, my pick is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I mean, I love Tarantino, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. such a. There's so much fun to be had in that in that story and that you know everything happening in that. It's um, his best movie in years. I, I love for it. me. I, I love it so, so much. Yeah. Um, I do agree, though, what you said about Parasite. I think that it would be an interesting win if yeah. that if that happened. It would be a. a a really cool area because it's gonna get something, you know, on Oscar night. It has to, but best foreign that, language film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> at, at the very bare minimum. Uh, but then the one that I uh, would have liked to have seen is Honey Boy, yeah. Shia LaBeouf's uh, screenplay about his own life, which was apparently done as a form of therapy, right? Starting the script off, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a really wild, interesting story, and I don't love the ending as much as everything that comes before it, but uh, it's still very audacious and, and, and cool and original. Yeah, it was. It was. I actually put it down before I changed it to bl- The Last Black Man, because I tried to represent 
a lot of the movies that appealed to me this year that I thought were underloved. Sure. But I just had to eventually go with Last Black Man because I thought it was the better film, sure. ultimately. But yeah, no, I really was surprised by Honey Boy. It felt like I was going into kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It was going to be a, oh, you know, it's Shia LaBeouf playing his dad. And right. Just, I, I, I was completely absorbed by the, that film. I really, what, to me, what eventually made me stick with Last Black Man is that I really think the performance of Shia LaBeouf is what makes that film transcend. Mm-hmm. That was like being really critical over a screenplay, which I'd, I'd have to be like hypercritical. Right. I'd say that Last Black Man probably was a better written script. Gotcha. Just, you know what I mean? But again, I'm nitpicking because sure. they're both really great choices yeah. for, for like a wish. Yeah. You know I mean, so yeah, I agree. I, I think that was a very underloved movie. I think we all thought it was going to be like a joke. Right, right. And it wasn't. Yeah. It was a very, very good film. Shy is having a good year, man. He's coming back. He's on <laughs> Ellen. Did you hear him on, see him on Ellen? No, I Woo! didn't. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. He was making jokes. Oh. Very funny. I got to watch that. Yeah. All right, let's go to Adapted. What do you got? All right, so the movie that's going to win is Joker. Okay. Um, yeah, they're going to give it to him, I think. I, for me, it's a, it's a toss-up. What I'd like to win is Little Women. Mm-hmm. And the two popes, mm-hmm. I'm kind of torn between those two. Uh, I think Little Women because I think it was it's superbly adapted from the source material. It mm-hmm. was a f- really fresh take on a classic story we've seen a million times. I didn't feel like I've seen it a million times. Right. Uh, it was beautifully written. I mean, great movie in general. I think it was executed masterfully. Uh, and then the two popes because it breaks the cardinal rule that I'm always trying to uphold which is like, don't make your movie about two people talking. <laughs> and they made a movie about two people talking. But man, was that beyond, you know, that they found a way to really make it cinematic. Sure. And the, and the dialogue is taut and funny and lively and fascinating and really in, intricate. Yeah. And uh, I think as a screenplay, it's an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So those are, I'm very torn between those two. I think the better adaptation, if you're going to really judge it on just like adapting from source material, Little Woman would have it. Okay. But I think uh, Two Popes, uh, gives it a, a run for its money. Uh, Joker's still probably going to win, in my opinion. Interesting. <laughs> and then, um, for me, the one I wish is going to be The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Okay. Because I, I think that, I mean, taking on a great piece of work, that was some, maybe the greatest novel ever written, right. and to reinvent it entirely into this Gilliam fantasy, which the movie isn't a masterpiece, right. but as a screenplay, it's, it is an ambitious dream of this guy that we got to live his dream through this film right and it's a, a bold re-envisioning of like the most classic novel in all of our consciousness and he made it his own so it's probably one of the great adaptations of our time that's a fun pick right there yeah i like it okay right what do you on. got okay so i've got uh i've got different ones on this one from you this is our our biggest difference so far cool uh what i think will win is the irishman okay uh, I think this is where the Irishman gets stuff. Gets something. It, it, yeah, as in screenplay. <laughs> uh, I also think it's my pick as well. Um, you know, I I really like the Joker. Um, I can't believe I just called it the Joker. I make fun of people who call it the Joker. Oh, with a the? Yeah, and I just mm-hmm. called it the Joker. Nope, I should right. edit Have that. Have I called it gonna, that? I'm going to leave it. No, I think you called it Joker. You, <laughs> you were on point, man. Uh, but no, and I, and I totally I totally agree about Little Women. I mean, it is, you know, really like uh, a, a unique way of telling the story. And so that, that's really an interesting thing for Adapted specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this is for the Irishman. And I... I love the Irishman, so I'm totally going with it as well. Uh, something I think 
should have been nominated is Hustlers, oh, which yeah. is a very fun, very Scorsese-esque kind of a screenplay based off this true story. Uh, this, I think it was a New York Times article, possibly. I, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a great little movie, big surprise for me. I was not expecting to like it really at all mm-hmm. based off the trailer or anything like that, but uh but I think that they really, really uh, pulled it off based a lot off of that screenplay. Yeah, I think they made a good film. Yeah. I, I, I think so. And how about J-Lo? Mm. Yeah, I know. My goodness. I know. Yep. I mean, I mean her acting ability. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at? Uh, we're up to director. What do you got? So I think uh, Sam Mendes is going to win. And yeah. I think my pick, though, is Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I I think 1917 is uh, is the favorite of the year to go big to win big, but I feel like yeah, that's a Deacons show. That's mm-hmm. Roger Deacons show. Right. I don't think I think there is a great direction in it. Of course, I think there's a vision behind that project, but that film is the Roger Deacons show. And mm-hmm. so I feel like if I really had to again, I have to be so nitpicky because it's like you know how do you compare an apple to a slightly different apple? They're both really delicious, good movies you know really good things yeah but scorsese is just the more competent director and i feel like and this might maybe even blends into what you were saying about screenplay in that i mean the irishman's so long it's like three movies in one right you know it's like goodfellas then it's like a bottle you know it's like a bottle movie it's like a safety brothers movie in the center yeah and then it's, it's then it's like bergman silent you know his own silence at the end right and so to shift gears uh, from a uh, from an atmosphere standpoint, from a tonal shift standpoint, uh, this was Scorsese at the peak of his power, which is kind of an annoying phrase you hear, you know, but it's true. He was just really in his zone, in his comfort zone, working with people that he's worked with many times to great success. And I can feel his confidence moving through this film of three and a half hours. Right. I think his mastery of the actual craft is very evident in The Irishman. Sure. I've grown to like the film more as time has passed, and I've reflected on it, maybe because I forgot some of its flaws, or I just, (laughs) who knows. Right. But uh, I've actually really, I always liked it, but I've kind of really grown to like it even more so. And I think that if we're going off directing... I think the skill is most evident in in Scorsese's uh, showing. That makes a lot of sense. Mendez will take it. And then my wish is the the always underrated, always brilliant Mike Lee for Peterloo. Okay. Uh, this was this was a year of passion projects. We had Man Who Killed Don Quixote from Gilliam. We had Irishman from Scorsese. These are both movies that ten plus years were trying to get made, and Mike Lee finally was able to make his his magnum opus Peterloo, which he'd always wanted to make. So this was like an amazing year of you know, these directors getting to live their dream, and we get to enjoy it. Right. Um, the end results are debatable. But I felt passion for each of those men making these films. And Mike Lee is always a personal favorite. Uh, Peter Lou was not a huge crowd favorite, uh, you know, an audience pleaser. Yeah. It was a challenging political movie, but it was very restrained, masterfully crafted, uh, executed just with such precision. And I would wish he would at least get the nomination so that yeah. maybe people would see, see it more. It's on Amazon. You right. can just watch it right now. Okay. And so you know, if, you have, if you don't mind paying attention, yeah, <laughs> then watch Peter Lou, and it's a it's a profound, beautiful movie, and Mike Lee should definitely get more credit. All right, well, uh, I agree. Nineteen Seventeen is going to win, and honestly, I think as as much as I really like Nineteen Seventeen, I think the more awards it wins, the more boring this show is going to be. <laughs> it's like it's just not that. Uh, I was listening to the Big Picture podcast, and they were kind of joking about 
how uh, Ford v. Ferrari mm-hmm. is the kind of movie that could have been, you know, an Oscar movie, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago or oh, whatever. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but we're trying to move away from that. And yet we moved to 1917, which is totally another just old, crusty white guy, yeah. you know, classic Oscar movie, you know. Yeah. So it's just it's such a boring pick. But it, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to win. Well, I really love 1917. I, I mean, I, I loved I, it. I, I think it it's one of the best films of the year. Yeah. I'd be very happy if it won Best Picture. I'm going to go see it like in 45 minutes again. I, yeah. So I'm I'm into it. I'd just be so much more excited for any of these other four, e- even yeah. even Todd Phillips. Well, I think <laughs> as a young yeah, I mean as a young filmmaker, youngish anyway, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, I'd want a more intense indie movie to rise to the top. You know, yeah. what I mean, and, and just to, as an establish, you know, mix it mix it up a little bit, break up the establishment type thing. Yeah. But I mean, the film of 1917 is a great film. Yeah. And a couple of years ago. You know, Birdman to me was a surprise. Mm-hmm. A couple of years before, or after that, another year after that, Spotlight was a surprise because it was so heavily political. Mm-hmm. You know, so there were a couple of weird little movies. For me, you know, because this is a flawed system, the Oscars, although I, I've been very pleased with the film that should win Best Picture usually does. I know mm-hmm. we're not there yet. We're in directors. But like, I, you know, I, I think that none of the films nominated are bad sure you know i mean and so 1917 is is uh, unquestionably a great film and a major cinematic achievement mm. and i really love the film but the thing i want to mention really quickly about sam mendez is i'm also kind of happy that he's shaken this little thing off that he's had the last couple of years of basically being the poor man's chris nolan right yeah <laughs> i mean i was like what are you doing sam he's you know he basically made the dark knight again mm. with the james bond skyfall right. james bond skyfall is the dark knight like beat for beat right it's hilarious and then I saw this, and I was, and I saw a trailer for this, and I was like, "Oh no, it's his Dunkirk." Yeah, I was like, "What's he doing? It's going to be a war movie. It's based on a visual stunt." You know, I was like, "What?" I was like, "Get out! Come on, man! What are you doing? You're not yeah. Chris Nolan." And then he surprised me, and he made a fantastic movie, full of heart. That right. Was, yes, it was the movie. I mean, going back almost to cinematography, it was a stunt, mm-hmm. but it was so well executed that yeah, I forgot. so much craft involved in yeah. this thing i went in being hyper aware about the, the stunt i yeah. knew every nook and cranny of how this film was made had read magazines and articles and everything about it knew every single beat and yet i got lost in the story right so if that doesn't tell you something if you can go in hyper aware and mm-hmm. i can only imagine the standard audience member going in there and how much they were sucked into that film it felt to me i know this is going to sound maybe like hyperbole but it almost felt like a step forward in movies. Okay. And not because they, they had got to the summit first. I mean, Birdman had done this fake one-shot thing. Whole movies have been made actually in one shot, you know, Russian Ark and some other films now. So it's not like they really like got to that technical Everest first, but I think they refined it. Right. They found a, a, a story that actually needed it. Yeah, well, most importantly, yeah, it's a story that needs it. It's a story that like lives by it. Yeah, it's pure cinema. Yeah. It couldn't be a stage play. It couldn't be a novel. You know, mm-hmm. it couldn't even. It's all, the closest thing it could be is a video game. Right. Right. It was like a cutaway scene. Yeah. It, to me, in like a video game. So I'm really impressed with it, and it is like an old crusty white dude thing. But so was King's Speech. That movie's great. I will King's fight Speech you. Really was. I will <laughs> go into the street and fight you with glass bottles. You tell me that that's not a great movie. It's getting heated up. Uh, in yeah. There. I will. I will fight over a stuttering king played by Colin Firth. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so no, no, I, there's all kinds of political stuff you can discuss about it, but if you really step out of time, the movie's phenomenal. Well, my pick is Quentin Tarantino. Um, I would totally give it to him. Uh, I'm, <laughs> come on, it's Tarantino. No. I fucking love the man. No, why? I, I, I he love, earns none of your love. I, I, I love it. He's I a hack. It. He's, he's, he's great. 
Okay, is great. All right, we we we. I don't want to derail it too far, but we could uh, we could we could. Great's do this. a bit strong. Eh. Talented is one thing. Great is another thing. He's great. He's he, not John Ford. David. He, even even during that that ridiculous <laughs> Golden Globe speech, he was great. Oh god, I'm new to the TV. <laughs> uh, Go back to Blockbuster, Quentin. <laughs> something that I think should have been nominated: Robert Eggers for The Lighthouse. Um, just. You know, like we were just talking about, it really is just like a fun little exercise, but it's it's so cool and so <laughs> unique and so filled with so much that I think is, is going to be kind of seared into our memories for a long time. Yeah. You know, just like thinking about that stuff. Him. Yeah. I think he's going to get started. It's starting to get copied soon. Yeah. I, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. That shows you, I mean, I mean, again, great is a big word, but unique and special yeah he definitely is okay i gotcha you know oh, no that wasn't in refer- <laughs> no no but i mean refer- as yeah, far yeah. as great with with yeah, with yeah, yeah. i yeah. didn't mean to tell you, i was confusing but <laughs> yeah. no yeah the thing is that director i mean the witch and the lighthouse are so idiosyncratic mm. i went back and watched the witch again and and i i didn't love it when i first saw it and i didn't love it still but mm-hmm. it still has something special yeah. about it you know and lighthouse i liked infinitely more yeah me too but it uh yeah, he's so unique, and yeah. that is just a really rare thing. So yeah. I like that pick. I think he should be at least recognized, and he will through through uh, imitation. Yeah, he's not going to win awards, but everybody's going to be a bad version of him from now on. I could see that happening. Yeah. All right, let's get into some of these acting categories. We've got actor in a supporting role first. Actor, actor. Why don't we mix it up? Why don't you give me yours for, first? Okay. Why not, right? Fine. That's, that's, they take this standard uh, thing Fine. about an award show and mix it up a little. Throwing curveballs I'm unpredictable. At me. I, you know what? I like it. I like <laughs> it. All right. What will win? Brad Pitt. Yep. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, my pick? Also Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time wow. in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the hardest categories. I, I love all of these performances. Even Tom Hanks. I mean, I didn't love that movie, but I think he's great. He's, he's all so, right. He's so much fun, you know, <laughs> just watching him play that role. Yeah. It but was. no, I mean, the whole, the whole, all five of them are really fantastic. But uh, Brad Pitt, though, I, it's so much fun to watch. Such a joy to watch him in this role, just mm-hmm. kind of just being this dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a great character. And, uh, and you get to live with him so much in this movie because so much of the movie is just kind of hanging out with him. Yeah, you know? his dog and all that. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I love Brad Pitt in this movie. Um, I had a hard time doing a should have been nominated. So, first of all, do you consider Willem Dafoe supporting or lead in the lighthouse? I think he'd be supporting. So that I was thinking of him for supporting, but I also was thinking Jonathan Majors for Last Black Man in San Francisco. I know. Yeah, uh, he. I didn't pick him, but he was like close. So good. Yeah, so good. So good. So I guess I'm just gonna go with both of them and making a tie. Screw it. But uh, yeah, but two two fantastic performances. Willem Dafoe always so damn good. I I joked on Twitter. Tired is being mad that Willem Dafoe didn't get the nomination this year. Wired is still being mad that he didn't get it for a Florida project or that oh, he didn't win right. for a Florida yeah, project. Exactly. But uh, every time, I mean, he's so goddamn good. I love him so much. Well, he he turned like an like an eight year old's pirate imitation into <laughs> a really good performance. Yeah, I mean that was a that's a hard role. It's crazy to make credible. Yeah, I mean in a movie that yes it buys you a lot of freedom with its inherent ridiculousness. Yeah, but I bought every moment. Oh, yeah. of Defoe in that. He's just 
just a real freaking character. Yeah, like, and you, I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. Given the language and the and the voice. Yeah, it's wild. It's Absolutely amazing. wild. And then Jonathan Majors just, uh, oh. just I mean, heartbreakingly perfect. Yeah, the soul of the movie. Yeah. For me, because the main character is good, but he's kind of a blank slate. You know, yeah. He's the first time actor, and he. He didn't like blow me away, although he did. He was adequate. Mm-hmm. He needed. He did what he needed to do. But man, that those supporting roles crucial. Yeah. Even Danny Glover, who almost has like a glorified cameo, right. really brings it home. That's Absolutely. a great film. I love Last Black Man. Favorite film of the year. Hell I'm yeah. with you on that. All right, so, what do you got? So I think Brad Pitt's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Kind of much to my befuddlement, though. Okay. I I don't agree with you that he's great, or okay. he's. I know that word has now taken on new significance. What okay. I mean is, is like I don't. He's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's Brad Pitt. When has he not just done that? You know, he's like the John Cusack of another level, one step above. I think a lot of it is probably in the screenplay. I yeah, mean, it's he like it's up. a character that I really enjoy. Yeah, and I he's, like him. he's playing it. I like him as a person, mm-hmm. and therefore I like most of his performances. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually felt that he was particularly that great of an actor. Gotcha. Like very, I mean, I know it's probably sacrilege, uh, but I, you know, he's fine. He's good. He, right. It doesn't blow me away. Okay. But you know, even in Ad Astra, I was like, all right, there's, you know, there's Pitt. Yeah. Just being, speaking more slowly than usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think Pitt's going to He seems win. sad. Yeah. He, I think that we got the one tear coming down, mm-hmm. you know, James Gray trying to get, go into that artsy stuff. Um, for me, who's going to definitely, who should win my pick is Joe Pesci. Okay. The Quiet Brilliance. He's my, my, my second. Would he be your runner-up? Yeah. I saw some article called The Quiet Brilliance of Joe Pesci, and it's yeah. what, now it's my new nickname for him. It's just Quiet Brilliance. Nice. I, He's, like I mean, his, it's a smoldering performance. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I was, I was going to say Last Black Man as well, but I, I'm actually going to say Christian Bale in v, uh, a Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. I think, I mean, those eyes, we mentioned it in a previous podcast, those dead eyes of his. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. He transforms before me. He really does. He makes, I mean, that's film. that film rises so far above its average screenplay. Yeah. Like, that movie is such a, you know, assembly line bullshit movie. And yeah. oh my God, is it fantastic. Just the, the energy and the racing and the performances elevated to a whole new level. Those the, two are just so damn good. So good. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. But I would say I have, a, I'm sorry, Slash... Ty, in a dream world, uh-huh. Matthew Broderick to dust. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I love it. Matt Broderick, amazing performance. So damn good. So hilarious. And oh, him in a bathrobe, getting high, wrestling yeah. a pig or whatever. Mm, good great. good moment to, to mention that uh, Sean Snyder's script is up the night before for a Independent Spirit Award. Oh. Really just out it. of left field nomination. You'd think that's a movie that went too far under the radar, but yeah, it, yeah that's awesome. That was like the first gem of the year. Remember yeah. how excited we were? Oh, yeah. And then, we had, yeah. then you had him on. Yeah. Excellent director. Excellent. I'm really excited for what he makes next. And that's a great movie, and Matt was amazing in it. Hell yeah. Should I do uh, supporting actress No, uh, first? I want to go again. Oh, okay. Well, We can't. We get... <laughs> I've lost control <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Listen, I knew we were doing Oscars, so we have to mix mm-hmm. it up somehow. Okay. This is like getting your teeth, like a, like a cavity filled listening to this show about the Oscars. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yes, I know. No. <laughs> I know. All right, what do you got? So wait, what is it? Actress now? Yes, yeah, supporting actress. I don't even... Oh, supporting actress. Yes. Okay. So I think um, this one I actually don't even know. I'm, I'm going to claim... I'm going to plead ignorance on this. I think Kathy Bates is going to win. Hmm. 
I don't know, though, to be perfectly honest. Maybe. I think she was great. I think she's the most compulsively watchable part of that movie. Um, which was what, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, the Clint Eastwood film. Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell, thank you. Which yeah. wasn't a bad film. It was definitely better than him talking to an empty chair. I thought. <laughs> Step in the right direction. Uh-huh. But uh, Kathy Bates was outstanding. She's always great. I think, I maybe think that Margot Robbie... Although there wasn't a lot of fanfare around her performance, I think she just kind of snuck in under the radar to get this nomination. Because mm-hmm. I, unless I didn't read enough Twitter or anything like that, I don't. I didn't really hear much about her. Uh-huh. I think maybe this might be the opportunity to give her this award. Okay. Because I think she's been like going hard as a oh, leading yeah. lady lace, uh, recently and has been up for it a couple times. So they might give it to her that way. And um, and so my so I'm gonna pick Kathy Bates. I think for both. I'm going to maybe say Margot Robbie might get it. And then I want to say a woman, a French actress in my wish list from The Portrait of a Woman on Fire, Adele Hanel. And uh, that was a great film, and she was great in it. And the the kind of, this the the sadness that she was able to project as this queen, you know, or as this political figure was just fantastic. At the time of recording, January 29th, still as an open in Las Vegas. Yeah, I know. I had to get a screener. Unbelievable. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's very, very good. Uh, so I will say, uh, you said that you haven't like read much about, you know, this particular race. Uh, Laura Dern is cleaning up. Get out of here. Every, every Dern, Dern, really? Yeah. yeah, For this role in marriage story. So I think that's what's going to win. Uh, which I mean, she was whatever. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. All the time. That's, that is a great, I I think she is great all the time, but it's kind of the same thing over and over, you know, and I just don't think it's the thing to win. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So this, I thought it was particularly trite. Mm -hmm. I don't really think marriage story is that good. Right. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And there's really good moments in it, but it's overwrought. It's trite. It's, you know, it's, it's oversaturated in indie, indiness, you know? And, and so, yeah. And, and her performance I felt was actually kind of weird in it. Yeah. I didn't love it. She's great in Jurassic Park, and then she's also great like holding a camcorder next to David Lynch, like screaming and crying into it. I think she's a really diverse actress. Uh-huh. I think Laura Dern really is great, I, and I and I make I sound I make it sound so flippant, but in reality, I mean the only thing watchable about Inland Empire is her. I mean, mm-hmm. and thankfully, it's just is a camera that's like her screaming into it for like right, three right. hours. You know, it's 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 basically drivel. Yeah. But <laughs> but she's amazing, and then she could also go off into a blockbuster. Yeah, so she's extremely diverse, and she is outstanding. But I thought she was really weird in it. I don't know. I liked her in it, but I just I don't know. It's not it certainly wouldn't be my pick. Uh, my pick would be Florence Pugh in uh, Little Women. Yeah, I think she's absolutely the standout of that movie. And an awesome year she had with Midsummer and everything. Mm-hmm. And coming up, she's going to be in a Marvel movie. So good You're for her. her in early. Getting, yeah. 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 Might as well. Right. Two small movies and boom, Marvel gets you. Yeah. I mean, she'll, she'll, she'll make some money and be happy. <laughs> uh, someone who I thought should have been nominated, uh, Taylor Russell from Waves. Yeah. She was fantastic. Yeah, Just, she was. I mean, that movie is a weird movie because of the way it starts out being one thing and then just totally switches gears to the whole second thing for the uh, final act. But uh, she just absolutely is mesmerizing for that whole end of that movie. Yeah, She's she so damn good. Um, I don't think I've seen her in anything else before, uh, but she she killed it. Yeah, she did. She was great. That's a, good, that's a really good wish. Right on. Uh, let's go into the lead uh, categories. Should we start with actor or actress? Start with actress. Okay, let's start with actress. Am I starting with actress, or are you starting with actress? Uh, I'll you start. Okay. No, no, wait. You just finished. Yeah, I just. I'll finished. just. I'll start. All right. So, All actress, right. right? Yes. I hope you like that I did this to you. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very excited right now. I'm, 
This is like uh, the top of the roller coaster. Okay, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to plummet. We're about to go down. Rides over. No, so actress, uh, I think Renee Zell- Zellweger is going to win, and mm-hmm. my pick is Renee Zellweger. Okay. Uh, and I would have even added her as my wish, but okay. I can't because it's it's happening wow. in reality. I still haven't seen it, and I mean, it's clearly going to win. You're 100% right. Yeah. Um, I can't comment on whether or not I'd like it to win, but I'm interested to hear that you liked it that much. I did, yeah. So I actually I missed it in theaters, and mm-hmm. a friend of mine suggested, he's like, you know, this is one of my favorites, and you didn't see it, and you need to see it. So I did my, I saw it immediately. And it, it was every bit as good as I had heard. It is kind of Oscar fodder. You know, it is kind of um, the easy one. You sure. Know, there's, I think there's, there are some criticisms you could make. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit contrived in terms of the movie itself. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like reinventing the wheel, but the performance is very, very strong. So strong that I think it really, you know, over, overshadows the flaws of the movie itself. Um, and that's the thing is I've, I've read some really negative things about the performance, which I was shocked. I thought there's going to be kind of universal acclaim, but people, there, there are some distract, uh, distractors to it. And, um, it's a, it's a, I, I just wasn't, I was blown away to be perfectly honest. It was yeah. one of those performances. Yeah. So, and I don't even know if this qualifies because I think it may have originally been released in 2018, but I think her smell is considered a 2019 movie. I think most like lists included. I think people wanted it to be nominated. Okay, because I think so Elizabeth y- Moss would have been my wish. Yeah. Okay. And but I think Renee Zellweger has it locked. I think she deserves it. And you know, like I said, you know, kind of Hollywood cliche Oscar nominee. Be damned. That performance was, you know, luminous. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I agree. Will win, Renee Zellweger. Uh, my pick, uh, this was a little bit of a tough one for me, but I think I'd probably go with Charlie's Throne for Bombshell. I mean, she was great. She, she was. She's always great, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it is. it kind of is what it is with that performance. I mean, it's just this big... Uh, big thing, you know? <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. a big, huge character, you know? Yeah. Um, Someone who I wish had been nominated, Jesse Buckley for Wild Rose. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Kind of this year's A Star is Born, but maybe a better movie. Um, yeah. It's uh, just fantastic. And I also wish the song had been nominated, but the Oscars are nuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So let's go to uh, actor in a leading role. What do you got? All right. So Joaquin, he's going to win. Yes. Cold. He's mm-hmm. gonna win no problem. He's gonna give like a really weird speech, and they're all roll our eyes. I'm all right, yeah. Uh-huh. He's gonna talk about how difficult he was, and, and uh, I would honestly, my pick though, who I would like is uh, Jonathan Price. Okay, I think Jonathan Price as uh, Papa Francesco was was uh, sublime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was. A, I think he's the better actor overall. He's been a quiet, brilliant contributor to this art form and this industry his whole career. Um, and I I love him love him to pieces and it's a, and it's a, it is a just an astonishing performance again to make to embody someone like that yeah uh, without the frills and without the cliches and without the simplistic viewpoint to be to be bold even to go into uh, Francesco's uh, past and his questionable political you know um, allegiance and all that stuff an interesting movie an interesting performance and so that that'd be my pick but Joaquin's definitely gonna take it mm-hmm. and my wish. Of course, is Adam Sandler. Of course. Although I will include slash, I would say Shia LaBeouf because I was mesmerized and lost in that performance as well. It yeah. was nothing. It was not the cartoon I expected. It was right. an authentic, revealing, painful 
performance of such nuance and, and realism. Yeah. Really floored by that. But hands down, at Sandler. Sandler's so damn good. Sandler. Yeah. Unbelievable. Sandler. A24 does not know how to campaign these movies, apparently. I mean, he did everything he could, but yeah. A24 needed to step up, and they just didn't, I guess. Yeah, maybe they're not in it for awards. Maybe they don't have the money to do it. Maybe they're putting their money into riskier films. I don't know. I don't know their finances. I don't know their viewpoint. I don't know those things. But uh, missed opportunity. Yeah. If they were looking to, quote-unquote, go pro, this was the vehicle right. You know, for them to, to get those big big awards yeah and uh yeah it's it's crying shame because sandler yeah inhabited that yeah entirely absolutely uh so yeah i agree joaquin phoenix is gonna win he's also my pick i i love joker (laughs) come on man murray (laughs) in a society murray i love it oh murray i love it i love it it was it was pretty bad at the end but but i i will say though that this is a really difficult field um i mean antonio banderas fantastic in pain and glory love leonardo dicaprio adam driver is the best part of marriage story uh and you're absolutely right jonathan price fantastic in that role um really difficult field but i i gotta go with joaquin um and then of course adam sandler i completely agree is my yeah should have been so it'd be so glorious if joaquin lost oh yeah Ugh. well okay so you think jonathan price has no, a chance no. or who who would it be who do you think would it'd be win? adam driver i think that's what i think too yeah yeah, yeah. i picked price because i wanted to mention him yeah i love him so much but i think if it was really if i mean I, joaquin's got it no question yeah but if anyone were to actually beat him i think it would be uh adam driver yeah and what i mean adam driver i i can't i love the guy and everything i watched yeah. patterson recently again mm-hmm. rewatched it and what an amazing performance yeah. and then he can be in star wars and be totally credible and then be in the dead don't die yeah and just be ridiculous yeah just everything he does <laughs> everything he touches you know uh, then he was in the report he was mm-hmm. a man who killed don quixote and yeah I mean, he had a huge 2019. Yeah. And he's working with these great subversive directors, legends, and new. And then he's going commercial, making Star Wars. He's the villain of Star Wars. And then he, you know, it's like, what, what, what an amazing guy. Yeah. Everything he touches is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'd watch him in anything. So I'd love if he were to win. Um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to crap on Joker entirely. It was a sure. great performance. It wasn't even a, a bad movie. It just wasn't the movie I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that it was like trash or anything. It was. That's fine. that's funny because I think it's way more than it should have been <laughs> or could have been. Well, but, you know what? That's an know. interesting perspective. Actually, you could say that it could have been a hundred times worse, and yeah. it could have very easily been a hundred times worse. Yeah. But it could have been a hundred percent better. Or yeah, you know, there could have been something. I think the fl- the themes it touched on were so important to touch on mm-hmm. that I wanted it to go to a deeper, I more sophisticated place. I understand that's all. that. Really, I mean, that's, I make jokes and I really trash on it, but in reality, it wasn't a bad film. It was just that I wanted it to go deeper mm-hmm. and it missed a big opportunity for me. But the performance was very good. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I don't know, the, the Joker is a character that I'm becoming tired of. Oh my God, I think most of us are. Yeah, I think we've reached <laughs> our limit with, the philosophical, like, you know, corners of that character. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's time to move on. Of course, we will not. Of course. We will not move on. And he seems to be like the cultural, you know, nav point now since Ledger. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know this is going to be controversial, but I still think Ledger's number one. He's the superior Joker in every fashion. So. Yeah, it, probably. Yeah. But. But. Yeah. Joaquin was fine. It was I mean, he wasn't even that amazing to me he was good but you know i think he's great <laughs> <laughs> so uh best picture 
We're at it. The nominees okay. are Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, and 1917. Uh, an interesting field of movies. Not Nothing that was like kind of out of left field snuck in. Except think, for Jojo Rabbit for me. See, I think Jojo Rabbit was always kind of there as one of the things wow. that was going really? to probably get nominated. For yeah. Best Picture. Yeah, I do. Because I remember from the get-go when it started its festivals and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it was winning awards left and right. And wow. Yeah, so I, I, it was always something that I thought was going to end up on the list, even though it just seems like such a weird little movie. Um, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So cool. I don't know. I just don't think there's very many surprises on this. Actually, I would say if anything, Ford v Ferrari is the bigger surprise. I just figured yeah. it would kind of go under the radar in a big picture kind of way, yeah, like a summer way. Yeah, Fun, exactly. Just cars, a blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Vroom so. vroom, and then we forget about it. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good list of movies. Though. I I can't I can't say any of these movies I didn't like. You yeah. Know? Well, I think I think 1917 is going to win. I think mm-hmm. 1917 is the is the best film out of that list that should win. Um, I think I think if we're all going to, I think we might be blown away and upset. I think Joker might win. Mm-hmm. I think it could. I really do think it could. But I think 1917 will and should. Uh, my pick is 1917, and then my wish is a hidden life. Okay. Uh, I feel like he. He really peaked critically. Terrence Malick with Tree of Life. He got the Oscar love with Tree of Life. And I think that to a slightly lesser degree, A Hidden Life is every bit as good and as important and influential and powerful as, as Tree of Life was. And uh, I just think that we're taking him for granted now. Tree of Life was almost like a reinvention. We, he kind of started, I mean, he had been doing this earlier in, in his other films, all the way back from Days of Heaven, which mm-hmm. was a departure from Badlands. And then, of course, uh, Thin Red Line had that kind of Malachy, you know, pace and vibe. But I feel like Tree of Life became so symbolic of his style that then it became so copied. He right. really became amazing. I mean, even all the way down to Jonah Hill making his skateboard movie had this Malachy vibe to it. Sure. It's everywhere now. So I think uh, Hidden Life is a major movie, an important movie, a film people should see and discuss, and it's, it's, it's critical to the art form, uh, and I don't, I, so it should be nominated. But... I should save it still playing at Suncoast and go tomorrow. Yeah. I hope, it, I hope it is. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with you. I'm down. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Uh, so I agree uh, 1917 is going to win. I, I think it's either that or Parasite, most likely. No. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. They where won't give it to Best Picture. It would be such a huge thing, like, if they did. It'd like they They'd score so many points politically, you know, <laughs> and like, and, and I mean, it is such a beloved movie. Like, critics I know. love this movie i'm, I'm you know? kind of confused why it's so beloved but... yeah people really freaking love it and so that's why i think it really is like the second pick and then maybe joker is third okay. um but that being said my pick once upon a time in hollywood um love the movie what can i say that's it, great it's, it's a good just, movie yeah it's, it's such a uh it's 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 such a movie that i i I picture myself going back to over and over again over the years, wow. you know? Yeah, I think it's a movie I would just want to just sit and, and just have fun with. Yeah, I like, I mean, I love the world that it inhabits. I like inhabiting the world with everyone when I watched it. You know, uh-huh. like I said, I made this kind of joke, this flippant joke, but I kind of mean it. It's somewhat sincere um, that it's the first movie in years from Quentin Tarantino, like about something, right. about things other right. than just revenge or like a setup, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's really about, friendship and brotherhood and you know peaking and peaking and the downhill slide of that and redefining yourself like it's about major interesting philosophical things 
that usually are not in his films. Right. And right. so I know, I mean, again, as much of an issue of I have with, I have with the guy, the movie is, is really a great movie and yeah. I, it deserves to be nominated. I don't yeah. know if it would win, but or could win or should win, but it definitely needs to be among one of the most appreciated films of the year. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised that you think Joker has such little, such a little chance. It's third place, maybe. Eleven but... <laughs> nominations, man. I mean, I guess that is. It's really, it's, yeah. it's wild how much it got. It absolutely is. As much as I like Joker, it's pretty damn crazy. Um, the thing that I think should have been nominated is John Wick Chapter Three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, Uncut Gems, yeah. uh, which I think we talked about it just a few weeks ago on the episode. Just the balancing act of what the Safties did with that movie um, is just. I mean, it's 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 a movie where you just sit and just watch it, and you're just like, how the fuck did they put this thing together? Mm-hmm. Just everything from the performances to the, uh, the sound design we talked about, oh, yeah. a category we skipped over here, although it wasn't nominated anyway. <laughs> um, but it would have been my should have been nominated if we had uh, done that one. But uh, yeah. you know, but uh, no, there's so much going on in that movie that is just so fantastic, and then balancing it all in a way that just feels meaningful it's just it's it's a crazy movie it's so good yeah i mean movies that you know movies that push the genre forward are are, are a very challenging and not even just the genre but the medium pushing the entire industry forward which i think the safties are doing that you know they don't often get the recognition in their time i mean i must i have to remind everybody stanley kubrick never won a best picture or yeah. was a or best director yeah in the academy awards so really how meaningful could they possibly be right <laughs> yeah <laughs> really what are these what does this golden statue really mean yeah you yeah. know if i ever win one i don't know if i how could i accept it yeah you know if the man that that man didn't win i, I feel like i'm watching your acceptance speech right now yeah how can i accept this? i've already <laughs> given i've already i already came up with it right I, I, i'm gonna say this is dedicated to stanley kubrick because no one's put me that far into the stars or that deep into an orgy good night everybody <laughs> i love it <laughs> that's it i love it <laughs> and then i'm gonna give it to his family his estate uh-huh because they should have it there I don't you want, go i don't want it there you go that's you that's go. beautiful i yeah. love it because he i mean the fact that he didn't win is disgusting <laughs> and so it was it warner brothers not like i didn't have the money he was nominated he's yeah. never won yeah oh okay so there well, you go that does it. We 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 got to picture, and uh, like I said, we we, <laughs> we passed. Got, we, we got to picture. <laughs> we got to picture. We passed over a few things along the way, but you know, for time, we kind of got to. We don't want to sit here and talk about every category, but uh, I I think that does it. I mean, I I think 2019 was a great year. There's a mm. lot of really good things that were nominated. Some great things that were passed over, unfortunately, but. Um, you know, as always, I, I I love watching the Oscars. I mean, right, me it's too. it's been such a shit show the last couple of years, but uh, I what am I, you know? It's my it's my Super Bowl. What can I say? Right now, that's know? the thing is that's what's you know that's what always keeps me tethered to it, despite all my grievances and my you know griping and this and that. It's such a part of the industry. It's such a part of this. You know, there's it's something magical. You know yeah. what I mean, to to be a part of this um, tradition. So it's really hard to, it's like, you know, taking down a Christmas tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what it feels like. It has this symbolism to it that I, I myself can't escape from either. You know, I'm definitely curious. Uh, I do have still, so uh, one of the, a couple of things I really admire about the Oscars that I, and I don't not just want to, you know, crap on it, is that it does get people to go out and see more movies and see the, the movies that should usually win. Like I said, yeah. Best Picture is usually the one that deserves it. Right. If more people are going to go out and see the film, then I really can't knock it. You know, it has its problems. But there are a lot of people that I respect a part of it, and there's a, there's the process is something I respect. Uh, I wish it was a little more um, 
fair, I, I, or a little fairer, and I wish it had a little bit more integrity to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know personally that there are people involved in it that truly love movies and believe in it. So there's a lot of good in it. Yeah. And it gets people to see films. So all my griping aside, it's a beautiful tradition that celebrates our industry. And I do love it still. I can't not love it. I wish I, I, wish I could just write right. it off. Yeah, I, just I, be done with it. But, but I can't. I no. can't. And uh, so, yeah. And then the other thing I'm excited about this year is that actually I don't know a couple of categories. Yeah. I mean, not, that I always, not that I ever know. But th- there is like a, re- there's a real chance that I'm going to be shocked by whoever wins, you know, XYZ category. Well, that's what I said earlier about 1917. That's like the one thing where it's like, I feel like it's such a lock on those categories. Yeah. And it's like, I wish, I wish... I don't mind if it wins. I just wish it didn't feel so locked already. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think there could be a real... I think... I mean, maybe even Parasite. You made a compelling argument. Paris, Parasite or Joker, I feel like, could squeak in in a lot of categories that maybe we're not even expecting. Yeah. But I do think 1917 is going to take it. Yeah. And, but no, it's been a great year for movies. I mean, it's... Honestly, every year has been really good. Hell I mean, yeah. that's the thing is, you have to just see them. The problem is, is that Avengers Endgame rents out you know nine out of ten theaters at your local yeah. megaplex <laughs> which and... by, by the way robert downey jr was not nominated oh. <laughs> biggest snub of the year i think really <laughs> no, just... yeah that was I, people were pissed right yeah well i mean i think people months ago were like he should get nominated but they just kind of let that slide once the nominations came out yeah. they're like yeah okay we're not even going to try to to say that anymore right but, okay good yeah <laughs> but i mean the biggest thing is that yeah these these big movies which aren't bad films you know, i mean i liked avengers in game it was fine it was not as good as infinity war i've, I've seen all the movies so mm-hmm. I, it's not like i you know snub them yeah but the, the problem is is that there's a lot of good films out i mean i think is that what we saw close to 100 movies you saw over 100 movies a i think over. Yeah, over in the theaters this year i got really close and I'd say 80 of those 100 were great. Yep. We're, we're varying degrees of very good to great. Right. And so there's a lot of good movies. You just have to keep an eye on it. You have to download the Fandango app. You got to stay on top of it. You got to be part of chat rooms. It takes more effort. Yeah. Because what you see on TV is going to be Ford v. Ferrari, and you're going to see you know uh, Avengers Endgame until you want to puke, and you yeah. go buy your slushy, and it has a picture of Robert Downey Jr. on it or at 7-Eleven. That's just go. how this is set up. But that doesn't mean that there isn't great movies coming out. You just yeah. have to go see them. So. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that I think it's a great year, great Hell year yeah. for movies, absolutely, and a challenging year. Yeah, a yeah. subversive year. There's some like my my top twenty list is full of so many r- just random seeming things, just because they're coming from so many different directions. Yeah, you know? I I watched a Hasidic Jew bury a pig. <laughs> I watched a uh, a French child get electrocuted to death. <laughs> During an acid trip, uh-huh. I watched Adam Sandler get shot in the face. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Willem I, Dafoe eat dirt. I saw Willem and, Dafoe and get, get walked around like a dog. Yeah, I saw a man have <laughs> sex with a mermaid. I saw um, Robert De Niro be a character from the Polar Express. <laughs> I saw. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw some really profoundly weird, bizarre, meaningful beautiful things yeah and uh there's more women than ever uh there's more people of color than ever which wasn't represented at the academy awards unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. but there's more lgbtq our version would have but, yeah of yeah, course um, yeah. yeah everyone every movie would have been presented by chris rock and he would have done a couple <laughs> minutes of, of stand-up before each award i do love chris rock me too yeah. i just that was my favorite like Band-Aid from the Oscars ever. Yeah. Like Oscar's so white from a couple of years ago. Like, let's yeah. just put Chris Rock up yeah, there. Let's That's just fine. have Chris Rock. That's fine. That's all we need. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a it was a great year. 
uh, very exciting year. And the Oscars doesn't really scratch the surface of what a great year it was, but there are some very worthy movies uh, being celebrated from, from them this year, and that's okay. All right. Well, Chris, why don't you uh, go ahead and plug your website that you got your uh, your work going on? Okay. Yeah, there's some finally some interesting stuff going on. So you can go to chriscranock.com, just my name. You'll find it and all the stuff that David posts. But you can go to my website, and you can see the still images that I'm releasing from my new film, a film called Bizarrely Fantastico, a film shot in, on location in Rome and Paris, and entirely in Italian. There's not going to be any subtitles. No, I'm just kidding. There's going to be subtitles <laughs> that you can follow what the story was. I don't speak Italian or French. So it was quite a journey to make this movie. Uh, of course, you can uh, keep track of Madame X, my major project that I'm working on right now with the great sponsorship of the Kubrick estate and family and Mrs. Christiane Kubrick and the fantastic Douglas Milsom, cinematographer of Full Metal Jacket, who's making the movie with me. It's such a, I'm beyond honored. You can always follow that. There's also MadameXMovie.com. You can follow stuff there, but you'll also find it on my website. And uh, I think that's it. Sounds good to me, I'm man. I'm making movies. A big one, a small one. So keep. keep I can't. Your eye I can't out. wait to see it. The stills look fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really proud of of the Italian film. It was really challenging, but what a beautiful. It was a beautiful experience with some amazing actors, and uh, somehow we got it accomplished. So yeah, we're, we're editing the film now. All right. So there's a there's a, oh yeah there's also a Facebook page. Uh, that's kind of the main hub for Bizarro. You can find that, and uh, I'm posting pics, some still images from the film. All right. Well, you'll tell us more about it next time you're here on the show, man. I certainly will. <laughs> Warning, do not listen while hungry. Hi, my name is Stephanie Barajas, host of All Rice, No Beans, a podcast all about restaurants and the people behind some of your favorite spots to eat, where we talk about how they started, all the ups and downs, and my favorite part, the food and drinks. Ooh, and let's not forget about the desserts. So subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow me on all social media because I have the pictures of all the food. And if you want to be on my podcast and you're a restaurant owner or in the business, email me at allricenobeanspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, you were warned, don't listen while hungry. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Oscars. I will, of course, be watching as I do every year and tweeting along with it as I also do every year. So make sure to follow us over on social media at PiecingPod. I'd love for you to join in on the fun. And speaking of joining in on the fun, we've got a lot of movies coming up that we need to cover. And we've got a lot of them already uh, planned for episodes, but if you'd like to join me for an episode of Piecing It Together, please get in touch. I'm always looking for new co-hosts, and I would love to have you on the show as my co-host for an episode. So do get in touch. Uh, you can do that, of course, over on Twitter or in our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group, or you can just email me. My email's on the uh, website, uh, piecingpod.com. Just get in touch with me one way or another. I will gladly respond and say hey and we'll have a nice little conversation and then we'll get you on all right also make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you listen to podcasts you can rate and review us on apple podcasts or on Podchaser. and one more reminder don't forget a little over a week from now live bird road happening at the golden tiki here in las vegas that's on february 17th it's a monday 7 p.m free uh you should come you should come see the show, and of course that'll be up on the uh, regular podcast feed, but you should still come see the show. So, 
that does it for today. We've got so much more coming your way soon, but for now, let's leave you guys with a piece of music. And since we're talking about the Oscars and Hollywood, why don't we play a track called The Land of Nothing from my album Like Ashes. That's kind of a little dig at Hollywood, but I love movies. I love Hollywood, and I'm just joking. I love everything movie-related, <laughs> but I also love this song. So enjoy The Land of Nothing from my free album Like Ashes, which is available on my Bandcamp profile. It is not an album that is available for sale anywhere. You can only get this one for free on that free album. So this track is called The Land of Nothing. That album is called Like Ashes, and it's available at davidrosen.bandcamp.com. Enjoy this track, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together next week.
and All Points West. <laughs>